Welcome to The Weekend Booktopian, our podcast about all things book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasiliev, Booktopia's senior content producer, and I'm joined today by our head of brand and communication, Mark Harding. Hello, Mark. Hi, Nick. Our campaign coordinator, Ashley Berry. Hello, Ash. Hey, Nick. And we're very fortunate to have a very special guest joining us today, also over the airwaves. Alina Gomez is a renowned Australian poet and editor, having been published in Overland, Mianjin, Kill Your Darlings, and many more literary journals. She is also the author of Admit the Joyous Passion of Revolt, Body of Work, and most recently published Crushed Silk. She's currently the reviews editor of Cordite Publishing, and in May she was announced as one of the four ambassadors of the upcoming Emerging Writers Festival. And she joins us now. Alina, it is great to have you here. Hello, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be here. It's We absolutely love having you here and we can't wait to get stuck into talking about the Emerging Writers Festival. Um, so as with all episodes, we'll kick off by diving into the world of book news and then we'll be discussing the books that we've been reading and enjoying. And then be sure to stick around to the end where my guests will go head to head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call book fight. So, as mentioned, uh, we are delighted to announce in the book news uh, realm of this podcast that next week we'll see the launching of the Emerging Writers Festival, which will be running from June 16th to June 26th. Alina, we are delighted to have you here as one of the festival ambassadors. From, from your experience, how important is this festival for up-and-coming writers, poets, essayists, what have you, um, in the con- in Australian literature? I think it's a really important festival for bringing together um, writers and of all genres and um, different levels of experience, um, not just within Melbourne, but also more broadly around the country. It's very Melbourne. But I think we've also seen that it's got quite a national um, reach as well. Um, I think it has been a space where I personally have met a lot of people who I might not have met otherwise or haven't only had contact with in email or phone situations. Um, I think it brings together uh, a mix of different experiences. So you have a lot of kind of what we might call emerging writers or practitioners alongside more kind of experienced or established people. Um, I also think it's sort of important as a community that is, I think, quite a welcoming and open one, um, which is important for arts communities to be if we want them to kind of reach broader people. So in 2020... The, the festival was, was held completely online for obvious reasons um, and it will be held uh, in that same capacity again this year. What can you tell us uh, about this upcoming edition of Emerging Writers Festival? Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be entirely online again and I think what we have seen and what I've sort of noticed is um, the way that it's been planned and put together was always very kind of cognizant of the changing circumstances and, you know, also the way that this sort of pandemic has brought to light the different kind of levels of accessibility we have around um, how we participate in the arts. And so I think uh, it's been 
kind of amazing to see that the Emerging Writers Festival is able to um, kind of keep accessibility as a strong focus in its programming. And so thinking about the uncertainty and questions of safety around a pandemic, like mm. I think bringing it all online has kind of been really amazing to see. Yeah, and I know you've obviously been um, privy to some of these events that are, uh, are coming up. So, from what you've seen, is there any like a, is there any particular theme that a lot of writings and discussions have, that have emerged, um, you know, over the course of setting up the festival? Has there been something that you've really noticed kind of stick out that might have been different from previous iterations of the festival? Yes. Um... I, I think a strong theme that has emerged to me in this program this year has been a real kind of focus. More, so I think Emerging Writers has always been good at this to a degree, but I think this year more than ever, I feel like the kind of potency of what writing, not just writing means, but like whose voices we hear and who gets to write and whose stories get told. I think um, that has been kind of expanded upon and focused. I think um, there's definitely, uh, I think, a somewhat charged feeling to the program here where it's not just about writing, it's about writing what's important and writing what needs to be written and, you know, um, bringing out and kind of highlighting voices that have traditionally been marginalised in some way or another. So you mentioned, uh, Elena, that there were a lot of events coming up um, over the uh, over the days of this festival. Are there any particular ones that you're really, really excited for? Uh, I'm going to have to be very strict and limit how many I could say here, <laughs> otherwise I could go on for a while. Um, they all look amazing. They do. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I think opening night collective imagining just is 100% unmissable as far as I'm concerned, um, that lineup, uh, hang on, let me just pull it up. So Veronica Heritage Gorey, Madeline Heyman Reba, Janine Lean, Alice Sky, like I that just stellar lineup. I am very excited for that. Um and uh cannot wait. Um there was oh yeah, the other one that I'm really excited about and I think will be um really important is the late night literature imagining abolitionist futures. So that is on the 24th of June on Thursday from 8.30 um, and it's online as all of the events are, but that's, um, you know, looking at the role of policing in prisons and pastoral states um, and kind of imagining an abolitionist future as the title says, um, but it's through through storytelling and through art and writing. And uh, I think that's going to be, uh, yeah, uh, that's going to be amazing. I think um, we have seen a lot of how kind of damaging policing is to mm. society and at the prison state. And so I think um, having an event like this and bringing that together with thinking about art and writing and literature is going to be um yeah, it's going to be a really important and fascinating event. Yeah, and I think it also touches on that, that again, that writing about stuff that is relevant that you mentioned, uh, just that it's a, it's incredibly timely and it's, uh, and it's great that 
that the festival is going to be touching on stuff like this. Um, so lastly, if people want to find out more information, uh, where should our listeners head to? I would suggest they go to the Emerging Writers Festival website, which is emergingwritersfestival.org.au, and you can see the full program there and uh, book. I think some events have already, um, but just going to that website and looking at the program, um, a lot of the events are either on Zoom or Discord now, um, and you can also kind of filter depending on the genre you're interested or the artist you're interested in or the kind of event. It's a mix of kind of panel discussions and performances, and there's also the National Writers' Conference, the workshops, and kind of more sort of tailored, I suppose, career kind of advice. Um, events for those who are trying to look for kind of professional development as well. So um, the website's probably the best place um, for that information. Indeed. And uh, it's going to be, the, by the sounds of it, is going to be a really, really exciting festival. Um, which will be uh, So for all of our listeners, the uh, Emerging Writers Festival will be entirely online, as already mentioned, and it will be running from the 16th to the 26th of June. Um so we'll now move on to the books that we have been reading and enjoying. And I'm going to throw to you first, Mark, across the airwaves as well. Um, what have you been enjoying reading over the last couple of weeks? Um, so I think last time I was on this podcast, I mentioned that I was in a little bit of a reading slump. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm still in a bit of a reading slump. So what I'm, what I'm going to talk about today is, is two books that I've started reading. I'm not very deep into them, so I can't give a, a very in-depth review, but I can tell you um, that I'm enjoying them so far. And then I can tease one other book that I'm about halfway through that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Um, but anyway, the first book that I'm reading uh, is a really delightful uh, little history book uh, by an author named Emma Southon, and it's called A Fatal Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. And it's all about murder in ancient Rome. Uh, and it's really interesting uh, because one of the fascinating things about um, ancient history and, and ancient cultures is how uh, they perceived a lot of things very, very differently to the way that we perceive them today. Um, it's another one of the things that we can add to add to that list of things that were perceived very differently. Um, you know, if anybody's ever watched a movie or a TV series set in ancient Rome, uh, you know that people are getting stabbed to death all the time. And there's, you know... <laughs> Every every major event is precipitated by a bloodbath, and uh, there's no real, uh, you know, there's no real police force or, or anything that, that that comes along and, and investigates. And uh, it is because life and death and event death, and obviously the very hierarchical structure of of society back then meant that you did have things like people having slaves in their homes all the time, and you know, the death of of, of a slave obviously wasn't treated uh, in the same way as the death of an emperor. Um, but there's uh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, assassination. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, political uh, political murder. Uh, there's domestic murder. Um, then they all were able to get away with different levels of it. Um, and, you know, obviously you've got people being executed all the time uh, publicly uh, in the Forum and in the Coliseum. So this is a really, really interesting book. What I love about it is that it's treated very kind of lightly and tongue-in-cheek. Um, and uh, it's very accessible uh so i really like that because um a lot of the times these books can be a bit dense so that's uh, a fatal thing happened on the way to the forum murder in ancient room by emma southland um it's a funny um interesting 
look at, at the way that the law operated, you know, 2000 years ago. It sounds very black humory, like a absolutely nails that kind of. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, 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 a probably fun is the wrong word to use when talking about meta, but it is a fun little book. Um, <laughs> then the second book that I've started reading uh, is a horror novel. No surprises there. <laughs> called uh, Little, <laughs> called uh, Little Heaven. Uh, it's by an author called Nick Cutter, who I've mentioned on this podcast before. I reviewed uh, last year a book of his called The Deep. Uh, which is very claustrophobic uh, novel set on a, a deep sea research station. Uh, this one is, um, I, I guess, kind of uh, Nick Cutter's take on Rosemary's Baby. Uh, so it's about the Antichrist being born and about the people who are on Earth to uh, stop him. Um, and so it's, uh, I, I'm only a little way into it, but what I love about the way that Nick Cutter writes is that um, he doesn't hold back on the gore and the horror, obviously. <laughs> He's a master of body horror, uh, which is something that is not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but um, he also has created in, in this book more than, than any other a really vivid uh, kind of fantasy world almost. His other two novels, uh, one is called The Troop, which is about a group of scouts who get trapped on an island with a deadly disease. And the other one that I mentioned before, The Deep, uh, are kind of more real world, uh, set novels, whereas this one kind of has this really uh, interesting, almost Western fantasy element to it uh, that I quite like, with kind of gunslingers and, and characters <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really enjoying that so far. So that Little Heaven by Nick Cutter, um, and then the third book. I'm not allowed to mention what it is. I'm about halfway through it. Yeah, publisher said we're not allowed to talk about it yet. Um, so I can't talk about it. Let, let me just say that it's a fantastic book and it is from somebody who is, I think, who consider them royalty uh, in popular fiction. That's the only clue that I'm going to drop. But I will I will give an in-depth review of that one on a future podcast. It's it's annoying because I also know what it is and I know also that you can't mention it. Which I is don't. The- I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> it, it is it is a it is a very good book that Mark is reading right now and I'm kind of jealous. Um but yeah, unfortunately we're not allowed to mention it. Dang it, how annoying. <laughs> um thank you so much, Mark. Uh appreciate those amazing recommendations. And I love that you're now dipping back into horror once again, because I know you had that w- brief period where you were you were suddenly in the world of sci-fi and diving into Project Hail Mary like no tomorrow. So good to have our resident horror recommend- recommendations back. Um, I'll now throw to our guest, uh, Alina, across the airwaves. Um, Alina, have you been uh, have you been diving into some of the uh, writers from your from the, from the Emerging Writers Festival, or have you been just engage, engaging in your own readings yourself? Um, I, I guess I've been in in a bit of a reading. Um, I don't want to call it an, I don't know if adventure is the right word. I've, I've been doing a, I started a PhD this year. And so, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> in poetry. And so my reading has been a good mix of poetry and uh, some really dense other kind of nonfiction writing. Um, but the poetry I've been kind of using as a salve of a thought lately, um, who happens to be a festival guest actually, is Evelyn Arrowland's Drop there, um, which I don't know if either of you have read, but it's a book of poetry. It's her first book of poetry. Uh, she's an incredible poet. Um, this is sort of 
it's a sort of speaking back to colonial Australian kitsch um, oh, wow. to the sort of symbols and animals and things that uh, that have kind of been part of our national identity, but through a sort of through a really sharp uh, First Nations perspective, and it is funny. It is uh, like barbed. It is um, just kind of. Yeah, if anyone's interested in kind of how we write through settler colonialism in this country, I think, um, or if they're interested in reading what good Australian contemporary poetry looks like at the moment, I think Evelyn's book Drop Bear is is the one. I also think, and I say this is a as a poet, it's sort of sometimes painful a little bit how few other people are interested in poetry, and so I also think this is actually a book that poets and people who are not that kind of experienced reading poetry can can really enjoy um, and get something out of. Uh, it really rewards slow, close rereadings as well as the like dipping in and out, which is sort of how I'm reading it at the moment. Um, so that's kind of my go-to at the moment. Um, and the other one is also a book of poetry um, by Ella O'Keefe called Lolia. Um, so I've just been reading this for pleasure uh, alongside the kind of required reading of my study at the moment. Um, and this one is also just, um, she just writes really beautiful lines. I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of give an overall kind of uh, summary of this book because it's just so complex and lots of little um, funny poems in it. Um, she plays with, imagery and lines really well. Um, they just look good on the page. They're fun to read out loud. I think, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that's those other books that I'm reading at the moment. Um, so, yeah, Drop Bear by Evelyn Araluen and Lolia by Ella O'Keefe, and they both came out um, a couple of months ago, I think. Awesome. It's I love hearing kind of about new contemporary uh, poetry um, in particular uh, in comparison to how other how do, compares to other uh, famous Australian poets are they kind of like is it are those are those collections kind of just uh, is it just a single story or a theme to it or is it just all separate vignettes talking about the same sort of subject um I think it's hard to, it's hard to sort of define poetry in that way I think especially collections um, because poets are writing lots of different things but they're often you know, certain ideas or certain problems that we'll catch and that we come back to. So I think you sort of, as themes and kind of ideas emerge across them, but in a way it doesn't necessarily reflect how the poems appear when you mm. look at them. So I think, you know, Evelyn's poems are very much, they're, they're quite explicit in many ways and um, playful, but also sharp, as I was saying. Um, whereas I think with Ella's poems, it's, I mean, you'd have to ask her, but they just they seem to me... Um, a collection, so like a sort of a range of all the different kinds of poems she has written over a period of time and her sort of thinking about nature and work and contemporary life um, and just sort of minutiae of the quotidian. So I think like it's hard, yeah, it's sort of, it's a funny thing to talk about poetry compared to other books because there's not always a sort of clear line about what it's about and that can be it can be interpreted so differently depending on the readers just probably why people are a little bit <laughs> afraid of it 
But it's also I think it's also why so many pe- um, so many people can be drawn to it just for the sheer uh, the playfulness of poetry, um, the rhythm, how it goes off, the, how it appears on the page, like you're Absolutely. talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I just thought I'd briefly mention Anwin Crawford's No Document, um, which is not poetry, but it's not straight prose either. It's also quite experimental in its form and a bit vignette and uh, it's sort of a memoir kind of uh, non-fiction essay uh, thing. Yeah, I don't really know how to... <laughs> it's brilliant and it's um, it's all kind of exploring that certain sort of early 2000s art um from um, the early 20th century and I don't know, it's just all sorts of amazing things um, but it's also kind of written as an elegy to a friend of hers who died um, some years ago so it's also very heartfelt as well um, and it's sort of a book about a friendship and a friendship as a political act. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alina. Amazing recommendations. Love them. Um, and I will now turn to our final guest, uh, Ash, what have you been enjoying yourself over the last few weeks? Yeah, that, that's a big question, Nick. Um, I will contextualise with in the last week, I read all of Shadow and Bone. I'm not here to talk about Shadow and Bone, <laughs> but that has been my last week. Um, and also, before I jump into my books today, I want to give a shout out to Peter F. Hamilton's Commonwealth Saga. Uh, on the last podcast Ooh. I was on, <laughs> uh, I was talking about Pandora's Star. I was close to finishing that. Since then, I've read the second book, Judas Unchained, uh, which finished up that duology. And it is safe to say top tier space opera for anyone who was hanging on to, you know, how is this going to end? What were my thoughts? I uh, highly recommend. Amazing ideas, incredibly rich world. It's a big book, big books, telling uh, a big story. So, uh, yeah, dive on in if you were interested. But I'm not here to talk about Hamilton. (laughs) I have two books with me. The first one is called The Other Black Girl. So I read this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It's a debut fiction by Zakia Dalila Harris. It was released earlier this month uh, and actually has quite a lot of buzz around it from what I've been seeing. Uh, So it's about a 26-year-old editorial assistant, Nella Rogers, who's tired of being the only black employee at Wagner Books. So she is then understandably thrilled when Hazel starts working in the cubicle beside hers. So they're starting to bond uh, and then these uncomfortable events start happening, uh, which builds to a note being left on Nella's desk saying, leave Wagner now. So this is... I loved it. This was a brilliant, uh, bold and completely original contemporary fiction. Uh, It tackled really significant issues of diversity and discrimination, including white privilege, racial bias and microaggressions, especially when it comes to the workplace. Uh, It is incredibly well written uh, and it also has this engaging thriller thread that runs through it, obviously starting with this anonymous note that just something is off and it just keeps building uh, and is actually quite fun. You know, it doesn't, this isn't a book that takes itself too seriously, even though it's quite serious contents. It is still, you know, a a modern contemporary fiction 
uh, Cosmo has called it, this is part of the buzz, they've called it <laughs> the Get Out meets the Devil Wears Prada crossover you've been waiting for. <laughs> uh, and I can agree, definitely with the Get Out side, that's what I kind of mean by the creepiness, just something is off. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, this is very smart. Like I said, it's well written, uh, it's vivid, and I'd say a very timely social commentary. That is thought provoking. I mean, I've been, I read it a couple of weeks ago. I've been thinking about it ever since. Um, I know one person who's read it, but it's the kind of book that I just want to discuss. Uh, so I think I might put it in the barrel for my book club for an upcoming <laughs> pick because I just want to gather with people and talk about the representation of these issues, but also the suspenseful thriller side, which is good fun. Uh, and my second book which I am currently reading. It is the upcoming novel from J.P. Pamere. I think I'm saying that right. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> the Last Guess. So the tagline for this one is, ever have the feeling you're being watched? Oh, God. Uh, it's oh. a literary psychological thriller. Uh, it has a Peeping Tom vibe. So uh, story is Lena and Kane, they're struggling financially and have decided to put Lena's inherited lake house up on We Stay, which is kind of like an Airbnb. Uh, but maybe that's not the best idea uh, because there's this also a little subplot that's a cybercrime syndicate where planters install spy cams into these We Stay homes for internet people to watch you, uh, all anonymous and creepy. Uh, this is my first JP premiere, and uh, honestly, everyone, I am terrified. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I do scare easily, but this is still a scary read. Um, the number one primary location is a secluded lake house, uh, which I think is a serial killer's paradise. So we, you guys can already picture the no. location. No, thank you. Uh, everyone has a secret, you know. Everyone is creepy. Um, I don't know who to trust. I'm halfway through it. I was reading it last night and it got to a creepy bit. <laughs> and it might have been, you know, a swerve. It might not have been actually creepy, but I was not sticking around to find out. It was dark. <laughs> it was <laughs> nighttime. I just stopped reading. This is, this is a book that can wait for the daylight. <laughs> I'm going to read it during lunch. Uh, but, oh, it's, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I like I said I, I scare easily. I don't do scary, but I do love a good psychological thriller. Mm. Um, and this one's just just creepy, you know. Uh, props to JP Pamir. I really want to read his previous works now. I, I believe they've had similar kind of praise. Uh, yeah, we had him in for. Um, uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, I, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say. I, I think uh, pronunciation is actually Pamari. Pomare. 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 Yes. Um, yeah. That's on me. I should have <laughs> YouTubed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I said, I'm halfway through it. It's fast paced. It's incredibly tense. I, I know the characters really well. Um, and my overall thoughts right now is I don't think I will ever book on Airbnb again. Because uh, it's real. It's, it's technology like... This could obviously it could, it could happen. Mm. It's it, it's so easy, <laughs> you know. I I don't want to be on the internet with people <laughs> watching my streams. <laughs> it's 
it's terrifying. So uh, this one comes out end of July, so grab a coffee and you too can be completely terrified like me. Mm-hmm. It sounds that like sounds awesome. I think I'm, I'm going to read that. That's a great recommendation. Do it. You know, I mean, lake house, secluded, creepy people, you know, oh, I think I just saw someone out there. Someone else looks, nope, no one's there. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Sounds like it turns on your flight or fl- fight or flight reflex. Yeah, mine's a uh, flight, <laughs> heavy flight. Um, the the copy I have has a bunch of quotes on the covers. One uh, of which says, "It's a cautionary tale." I am I'm heeding the warning. <laughs> I, I'm staying home, <laughs> but even even home's not safe. Don't don't do that, please. That's scaring me already. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 good fun. If you if you like a scare, if you don't like a scare, I think it's I think it's very well written and very smart. I love it. Thank you so much, Ash. Oh, I good. love that. That's an amazing recommendation. I love it. All right, we are now on to the final part of our show. Um, it is time to play book fight. Um, so, as always, I will require a buzzer from each of our guests uh, in terms of, uh, so you can answer the questions. Um, Mark, what shall your buzzer be? Uh, King. King? <laughs> I like it. Ash? Uh, oh no. Um, guest. Guest? I like it. Um, and Alina, what shall yours be? Uh, uh, I'm looking around my study right now just to see It is amazing how often that happens. I, all, I picked always, tree once. I was looking out yeah, the window. We're, looking out, we're like, we need, we need, I need something, anything. I need a word. <laughs> no, I know the pain. Uh, I'm going to go with a van. Van? Hell yes. I love it. Okay. Guest, King and Van are our buzzers for today's book fight quiz. I wish you all the best of luck. Let's play book fight. Question one. In which decade is Taylor Jenkins' new novel, Malibu Rising, set? Guest. Yes? Oh, I want to say the 60s. Unfortunately, it is not the oh. 60s. Unfortunately, it is not. But we can open. Okay. Yes? Uh, is it the 80s? It is the 80s. Correct. Well done, Mark. Mark is on the board. One point. Excellent. Question two. Which famous British fantasy novelist's first book was actually a biography of the band Duran Duran? <laughs> Anyone got... Like, it's, if, 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 if you're feeling completely lost, it is an extremely... Famous British novelist, you will like kick King. yourselves. Yep. Was it Neil Gaiman? How did you know that? <laughs> Classic Mark. <laughs> yes, Mark. Neil Gaiman is the correct answer. I did. I did a calculation because I was trying to think who uh, who is who is the right age to have started out writing about Duran Duran. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was stuck on Pratchett, and I was like, that is not right. <laughs> yeah, no, way too old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's question two. Quest, sorry, yeah, sorry. Question two. Question three. What is the title of the seventh Jack West Jr. novel by Matthew Riley? King. <laughs> I, uh, I could immediately uh, knew. Uh, 
the one, the one, the one impossible labyrinth. The one impossible labyrinth. Yes, is correct. Three points to Mark. Wow, he's, he is flying through at the moment. Don't worry, though, guys. You have the you have the chance to come back. <laughs> There's easy questions coming. <laughs> there, there are questions coming back. There are questions there. Question four. Tony Birch has recently released a collection of poetry. What is the title of that collection? Any takers? I can see the cover. I can't <laughs> think of the name. <laughs> it's a really, really... I can only, there's like one word that I can think of in the title, but I can't remember what the entire title is. Okay. Um, does, a, does anyone want a clue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it involves melody. And it's two words. Something songs. Yes, yes, very close. Yes, something songs is the answer. Sorry, I should have said my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that does happen. <laughs> uh, I'm tempted to give you half a point because you've already got one. You've got the songs part, but there is a one word before that. Oh, man. Got yep. it. Whisper songs. Whisper songs is the oh, answer. Wow. Correct. <laughs> Elena, Elena is on the board. I see the cover in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I was being. That's why I was being evil because I was like, I know the cover was the cover's very very distinctive and it only came out I think last week. I'm mm. pretty sure. So it's a very uh, it's a yeah. very relevant <laughs> a lot of in, in the world of books right now. Um, Hello, ambassador too. I that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had to get that one right, otherwise you'd be you would have been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, question five. Nathaniel Hawthorne, and this is a true or false question. Oh good. Nathaniel Hawthorne was related to one of the judges at the Salem Witch Trials. Is it true or is it false? Guess. I'm gonna go with true. Right? I, I, the answer is in fact true, yeah, but <laughs> but but I was I was terrified as to who went first, <laughs> but uh, we'll give it I'll give it that I'll give oh. that to you, Mark. No, but it's all right. I had a I had a guest and a, I had a guest and a king come at me at the same time, so it was uh, it was terrifying. Um, but I'll give that. I'm sorry, I, I might have talked over you, Asher, because it might just be my connection. I didn't get. No, all, right. all good. I'll uh, I'll let you have it, Mark. You oh. need it. Were you gonna? What, what was your answer gonna be? <laughs> I was going to say true because I'm like, that's such a weird question. It has to be true. <laughs> I'll give you a point yeah, as well. We okay, well give, give Ash a point as well. We'll give Ash a point as well. The answer is his great, 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 no, great, great grandfather, John Hall, um, Hathorne, was one of the judges at the Salem Witch Trials. So we are now over the halfway point of, uh, of Book Fight. Currently, Mark is on four points. Ash is on one. Alina is on one. Don't worry, guys. You have a chance to come back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always say that, but then you do. <laughs> you always say that, but then you do. <laughs> okay. Question six. Last of his tribe, the unhappy race, and no more boomerang, are poems by which famous Australian poet? Any takers? Very, very famous Australian poet. Last of his tribe, the unhappy race, and no more boomerang, 
are poems by which famous Australian poet? Anne. Yes? Uh, is it Ujuru in Nepal? Yes, it is Ujuru. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Ujuru. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Uh, she, I, don't, I can't remember how many poems that she wrote. It was it was a r- ridiculous amount. But uh, going through the list this morning, I was like, oh, my God, I recognise so many of these from school. Um, <laughs> question seven. What is the shared birthday of Bilbo and Frodo Baggins from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings? Can anyone name... You know I haven't read this. <laughs> <laughs> or watched it. <laughs> So Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins and Frodo Baggins from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings share a birthday. Does anyone know what the shared birthday is? You can take a uh, – if you want, I can throw this out and everyone just have a guess. You can do that. So one in 365 chance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the odds slightly improve if, if the first person gets it for every other person afterwards. <laughs> real dates right like they're not made up that's what i was thinking no no it is it is it is actually a a real date it is a real date i said that narrows it down what if what if if, can we can we get a point if we just get the month right yeah sure yeah i'll throw i'll I'll make it easy i'll I'll better the odds from one in 365 to one in 12 i'm i'm gonna guess march no you wouldn't be right sorry (laughs) it's not march they're obviously the same months. It is the same. So they share the same <laughs> birthday, same month, uh, everything. Guest. Yep. I'm I'm feeling maybe an October. Oh, you're really close, but yeah. no, it is not October. Okay. It is not October. Elena, do you want to have a go? <laughs> it is close to October. That's the. There's a clue there. Yeah, so not November. So. <laughs> 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 Are you just waiting for me to say? <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath. If if you because I, I know you're like, oh god, I don't want to get it. You, you think it is what you think it is, but then if you're terrified that it isn't. <laughs> I'm gonna say September, but I feel like it's. That's, I'm just the lucky last person guessing. So. You, you would be absolutely correct. It is, in fact, Take September. It. <laughs> Take Most of my points come that Take way. Take the points. Take the points. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a cutthroat, it's a cutthroat world book fight, and so you've got to take the points where you can. Can I? Sorry. Uh, I'm 14th. No, it's not the 14th. All right, just had to give it a go. Do you want to have a go at the days? <laughs> Do you want to have a go at the days now? This is a fun, f- for funsies. <laughs> you get the date, you can have my points. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nick's, Nick's just giving out points. I'm just, I'm just giving out points. I've got, I've got to give out points. The answer, um, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I don't have a guess. <laughs> the answer is uh, September 22nd is ah, the day that close. both Frodo and Bilbo share. Is there significance to that in the world of Lord of the Rings? I, I don't know. Mark, you're a, you're a Lord of the Rings uh, nerd. Is there any significance to that day or is it just... Just a cool fact. Just a cool fact. I think that's just a cool fact. Yeah, there you go. Um, So we are on to our final question of book fight. Currently, Mark is on four points, Elena is on three points, and Ash is on one point. Yep. And (laughs) sorry, sorry, (laughs) sorry, Ash. (laughs) And so our final question is: George Orwell's 
1984 was published in which year? Uh, King. Yep. 1940, uh, uh, 1949? Yes, correct. It is 1949 is the answer. Well done, Mark. Yes, Mark, well done. Yeah, I was waiting for, I was, I was waiting for someone to say it was published in 1984. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. <laughs> um, but that brings us to the end of Book Fight. And oh my goodness gracious me, uh, Mark. So Ash finishes with one point. Um, Lena finishes with three points. And Mark, you take the win with five points. Congratulations, Mark. Hooray, I broke my dry spell consistently losing <laughs> <laughs> whereas I have kept my uh, consistently losing streak alive <laughs> makes, you, makes you feel any better we've done like 40 something episodes of this at, at this point and I've only won like once twice I don't need it does actually it, 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 <laughs> like when, it, when, you, when you when take the wins when you can because they don't come along very often <laughs> unless you're Mark <laughs> unless you're Mark unless you're Mark or Olivia who, who absolutely clean up um Great work, guys. And that will bring us to the end of the weekend Booktopian for another week. So thank you all to my guests for joining us. And be sure to check out all the books that we have mentioned today down in the description box. Thanks especially to Elena Gomez for joining us from the Emerging Writers Festival. Head to, as she already mentioned earlier in the podcast, emergingwritersfestival.org.au to check out the upcoming events, order tickets and more. Elena, we're really looking forward to seeing you and all the other authors, poets, essayists at the festival. And just thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to have you. Thank you. It's been really fun. Um, so for all of our um, listeners, The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out hundreds of episodes on our Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud channels, including our recent interview with Alice Pung, author of 100 Days. Also, be sure to check out Booktopia TV on YouTube. Or if you cannot get enough of chatting to authors, head to the Booktopian blog curated by Olivia Frico, where you can read the articles, articles that are pushed every single day, including our recent review of One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, and a whole selection of recipe extracts from Claire Saffitz, Sophie Hansen, and more as part of our Comfort Cooking campaign. Thanks for listening, and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.